All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode here. And after another draw for Orange County, uh, we haven't lost recently, at least in U.S. championship play or USL championship play. You know, U.S. Open Cup's a whole other story. We'll talk about that briefly also tonight. Um, yeah, I, I like that face there, Alan. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. What are you doing, Dylan? We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy. He's found a great ball, and it bolts it plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas and Avolson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and burying aside. Ball taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal, and it's gone in. An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters i'm your host ray samora and i am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things orange county soccer club Joining me as he does each and every episode. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll keep the sidekick title for now. That's Dylan. Dylan, welcome back. Oh, thanks, Ray. I hope the sidekick title comes with a pay increase. Um, I'll take a, I'll take a hundred percent pay increase off of what I currently make from the podcast. Sure, from the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, or in anything. Let's be realistic. Yo. So, uh, you know, I'm having a decent week so far. I feel like it's a little bit later than Tuesday, but, you know, this is one of the highlights of my week. So let's get it going. The highlight of your week coming on here and talking Orange County soccer, even though it wasn't uh, the greatest of weeks, apparently, for this club. Uh, but we'll get into that definitely. But first, we got to also welcome back Alan. Alan, welcome back to our podcast. Thank you so much. It's glad, glad to be back here, not in a bus full of middle school students. Yeah, definitely. You sound a lot better. Not all phonish. You actually sound like a live video chat person. My sleeve keeps messing up. Dylan keeps getting mad at me for it. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's I'm glad to have you back on here. You. I'm just I'm like your wife. I'm just looking out for you. I want so, you to appear <laughs> professional. So, Alan, I've got to ask you though did did all the kids make it back safe? Get home safely? No one you didn't find out anyone was missing the next day or anything like that. Yeah, everyone came back all right. Uh, we, everyone made it back on the bus. Most of the kids were in school the next day, which is a bonus. And uh, the parents were always super happy, which is, again, the best, because if they're not, they definitely let you know. So it was a success all around. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, yeah, and we'll get into some soccer here. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, before we do so, I want to remind everyone uh, that the Orange and Black Soccer Cast uh, does have uh, some sponsorship partners here. Uh, so thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price 
of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. So, see, Dylan, we're working on getting you a pay raise here eventually. We got to get you to read that with some more passion. You got to do like the monster truck or supercross guy. We like, I got to do that. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, 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 press. The best choice for you to get custom shirts, 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 hats, 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 hats. Mugs, 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 mugs. Is that how you want it done? Just with some enthusiasm, like you've read it before. You sound like me in class when I haven't done the homework, and I roll up and I'm like, oh, I just thought this passage from this book was really insightful, and I'll read five lines from it, but you can tell I've never actually read it before because it's like four (laughs) words at a time making up a sentence. It's really bad. Here's what I got to say is at least I got it in towards the beginning of the episode. This is what we're supposed to be doing. I've just, we haven't had, we've been doing this for about a year, right, Dylan? And we haven't really had the sponsorship opportunities. So just something I wasn't quite used to. So I made sure, made it an effort to get in there. And I think ultimately I'll eventually get there with the enthusiasm. I'll probably have this like just, you know, known without having to read all that stuff as we get more into this. It's just, I want to make sure I get it right. I don't want to give the wrong uh, you know, email or website, Twitter fee, uh, Twitter handle, or any of that stuff. Uh, when we're we're talking about these these sponsors, so this sounds like a Aiden Quinn interview. You know, we just, we're on the right track. We just got to keep working. Eventually, you find it, and you know, once we put it all together, we'll really we'll put it together for ninety minutes, and we'll start getting wins. That's sort of because okay, so I I, I take it you. That was either one of these last two matches that you uh, spoke to Aiden Quinn and got that answer. I spoke to Kevin Olsen. It was a very similar answer from him. I, right. I think you look you look at the more veteran players. They sort of know how to answer these types of questions in this situation. They're not going to – I don't think they're at the point yet where they're going to want to start calling out their teammates or anything like that and and causing any kind of dysfunction on the roster. Um, you know, I, I know we're not early in the season anymore, and we're getting more to that middle part of the season, so we need to see some changes. But, hey, at least in the USL Championship – uh, they haven't lost, I think, in their last four matches. So it's better than, Ooh. hey, it, a point is always better than no points. So let's just put it that way. Um, but yeah, no, so we got some stuff to talk about. Well, <laughs> we, we have the U.S. Open Cup match we'll talk about briefly. Uh, and then we'll get into the Austin Bold match. Talk about that rather briefly, probably, because I don't think, uh, well, 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 we definitely have some stuff to talk about, I think, for these matches, but we'll try not to hang on it too much because we also got to look ahead to the Los Dos match coming up. Oh, and we have a special, uh, I guess, fantasy draft that we're going to be doing here in honor of, uh, what is it in honor of, Dylan? Playing for pride, so it's going to be a long one tonight. That's what she said. <laughs> I put that in the chat, but I just had to get that one out there. Like, had I couldn't. To that's why we're going to go briefly on these on these sort of disappointing matches that we've had recently. Los Dos, there's never really much to talk about, anyways. Uh, again, we you know we try to always reach out and bring in a, a Los Dos expert, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think they there exist. are any. Yeah, I don't think they exist. I think uh, if they the do, Galaxy's it's like GM, like their new GM might be one. I think he's a Los Dos expert, but he's probably too busy GMing working or something. Yeah, GMing, which I don't think is a verb. Generally <laughs> <G-ing>. managing. <laughs> We've turned it into a verb. General managing. There we go. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's get it. Let's talk about this U.S. Open Cup match. That uh, another year, another disappointing exit to a team that, on paper, we should beat. And 
A, let's just let's just give it credit where it is. It shows that there is a lot of soccer talent in Southern California. Uh, last season, it was FC Golden State Force that knocked us out. This year, it was Orange County FC. Both of them are in lower divisions than Orange County Soccer Club, and we end up losing both of those matches. This one, we had to go into extra time, penalty shootout, and uh, I guess the most disappointing part of that is our most reliable penalty taker is the one that was stopped by the OCFC goalie. Uh, Dylan, you were the one out of all of us that was actually at the match, covering the match. Uh, give us your impressions of, of just how everything went that evening and and maybe let us know what is it that went wrong and why did Orange County get knocked out again? Why did Orange County get knocked out of this game? Because we still can't seem to defend a set piece and the officiating was actually <laughs> the worst I have ever seen. The absolute worst. I will start with the officiating because we could go on all night. Um, Alan did a great job of rewatching all the games and taking screenshots and putting them all on Twitter. But Darwin Jones is called for an offside goal, but you can see that the goalkeeper and a defender are behind him and he's not interfering with the goalkeeper because he's standing behind the goalkeeper. It, so he gets called off for that. Arguably the first goal that Orange County FC scores is offside because it's a forward pass. And I'm going to say the guy was in front. From the angle that we have, he looks like he's in front. So just great, great stuff all around. Um, <laughs> wow, I don't think I've ever been so angry at refs before at a match. But, uh, ooh, um, it was a great one. And then, of course, we have to go to 120 minutes to lose. And then we got to go to PKs after that. And then David Price has another game of his life. Um, and comes up big in the penalty shootout. So that's how the Open Cup goes, I guess. Realistically, it doesn't matter. It's kind of a stupid tournament because there's no real incentive to even do well. Um, we're not the Rochester Rhinos in 1999. We don't have a fringe MLS squad, so we're not going to win, um, which means, or, or run up, um, which means we're not going to be the team that gets a bunch of money for doing anything. And so... You know, if we're going to lose, could we at least lose in 90 minutes, I guess? <laughs> um, but you could see the frustration that night. Just the calls that weren't happening. So many players from OCFC going through Orange County SC players, um, coming from behind, late tackles, high tackles. Just, it was terrible officiating. Um, the ref lost control of the game really early on and never really did anything to try and solve that issue. Um, I don't think she could have physically kept up with most of those players or see over most of them. Cause she was like maybe five, five. So she was struggling with that aspect of it too. Um, but yeah, that's a, a huge missed opportunity for orange County and a huge missed opportunity for, uh, the U S open cup and for referees everywhere to look like they are worthwhile <laughs> of doing something at a high level. And, uh, I mean, hats off to OCFC, but more so hats off to David Price because that dude has played out of his skin two straight games in the Open Cup, coming up huge with, like, goal line clearances, crazy acrobatic saves repeatedly to get his team through. And, uh, I mean... I, I would, I guess it would be safe incredible. to assume that he was the, the man of the match uh, in that match. Um, he has to be, unless you count the... Um, the assistant 
referee on the far side of the pitch. One of those two. But I'm going to give it to David Price because you can actually give it to him. He was so absolutely me, incredible. Let me talk to you, Alan, because you're the yep. one. And for those of you watching, uh, or if you didn't know, if you're listening to our podcast, we do do a live feed as we record our podcast every Tuesday evening starting at 830 uh, that's why when you listen to our podcast, there's no like fancy editing on it. I don't go and, you know, say, let's cut, let's do this here. We just go full on. It's almost like we're a radio show. We just go, if we make mistakes, we make mistakes. That's how it is. Um, for those of you watching on our live YouTube stream, you could see the image that Alan uh, zoomed in, cropped out to sort of try and show. This was uh, what happened right before the called off Darwin Jones goal. Uh, I believe it was in the second half. Uh, ultimately, I mean, we're not going to sit on this too much. Ultimately, this shouldn't have mattered because Orange County was up. Orange County SC was up 2-1, I believe it was, in extra time, in stoppage time. But, Alan, let me know your thoughts. Yep. Uh, you know, what made you go through and watch this replay like 20 million times and, <laughs> and decide to go and, and zoom in, crop it out, and try and show what was going on? And And what did you sort of see when you – put this picture together so i watched it on my phone the first time live again bus ride middle school kids and i just couldn't understand why he was offside so i made a point the next day to find it in the game and try to watch it back and try to put myself in the shoes of what am i seeing and the great part about darwin jones is he wears like bright orange shoes or sorry whatever you call those things in soccer um boots yeah there you go and you can kind of see where he's standing on the far left side. So it's like, this is, this is a great angle because you can see exactly where Darwin Jones is in relationship to the goalie. As the ball uh, is that's, being played in. Right. Cause it's the second to last defender. So the guy on the post is the first. So the goalie is actually the guy you're getting the offside call from. And Darwin Jones is a good step closer to uh, the six yard box and the goal line. And the goalie is practically on the goal line. So to me, there was like, there's no real way unless he's interfering with the goalie, but even then they're still calling offside. So I just don't see, there's no other orange County player who's blocking the pathway of the goalie or vision of the goalie from the head headed ball. And then Darwin Jones at the point of the headed ball actually makes like a jump out to go toward. So right now he's like positioning himself to react and he immediately goes toward the ball. And I can like a linesman might not have caught that he was on side and then just see Darwin Jones pop out. And he's like, Oh, he's offside. He, there's no way he gets that ball first. But I watched it back so many times to try and figure out why they were calling something an offside. And I just could never find it. And the second thing is you're going to hit that like button or, uh, you know, just going <laughs> to smash that like button. Smash Did that I not? I... like button. Oh, there he goes. There we go. There, there, there it is. Like, there it is. Never not right. relevant. Terrible. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. I, I thought I had. I thought I had liked it. I tend to try and like things as they come through. I, I think Alan, you sent it out while I was probably at work, and yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I, I when I get a chance on a break or a lunch, I go on, <laughs> jump on, and look at stuff. But it, it's hard when you have a full time job, like you know, most of us have. Uh, to Throw jump some on more media. shade, jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm trying, guys. I'm like trying. I, I'm pretty careful about criticizing umpires because I am related to a former umpire and I know that it's a tough job. And so I try not to talk poop about refereeing decisions terribly often, 
Uh, but this one just was just baffling to me. Like, and there's a great picture. They even slowed it down in another shot. The clerk quality's not great because it's literally my cell phone taking a picture of my computer screen. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, but I think if you go back and watch it, there's a couple different replays throughout the second half uh, where they, where it, even the announcers use the word robbed. Like they're just robbed of a goal. And ultimately, you got to keep the team off the scoreboard. They could have walked away 2 1, uh, but they didn't. And, and again, a, set, up, piece, a yeah. set piece destroyed us. Yeah, oh. it was that was pretty brutal. It was like a free header. Like, yeah, oh. you just can't give people free headers. Like, if they jump over you and they outmaneuver you and they get it in, like, Good fair fun. play. But free headers like that, where there's, I think there was two defenders in there that he just, they just, they just wanted it more at that point. It seemed like it seemed, but you know, you gotta keep them up the scoreboard, and then ultimately you get tired legs moving forward because you played like an extra half an hour of soccer that you weren't planning on, which potentially affected Orange County in their next match against Austin. We'll get there in just a few moments. Um, let's just say this: our guest last week, Art, who works for and covers orange county fc he's the one that predicted it was going to go into penalty shootouts it did and well that's what they played for from like 30 minutes in well you know what he works for the club maybe he was trying to tell us hey this is our game plan you know i don't know but uh the disappointing part of it is aiden quinn the guy that pretty much you can always count for to put it in the back of the net gets stopped you know it was a great save but i mean it sort of sucks and the fact that you have a 17-year-old, you know, first-year starting goalkeeper in Aaron Cervantes, you could see some nerves in him as, you know, before every kick came, he was really, you know, moving around the goal, whereas the OCFC goalkeeper was more calm, collected in there. Um, and I think every single opportunity, Aaron Cervantes, I think, dove the wrong way, which I, I know in, on penalties, it's sort of a, a crapshoot. But I think even the announcers were saying in the match that uh, – he was showing which way he was going to go before the ball was kicked each time. So that doesn't help when you're trying to stop a goal from coming through on a penalty. Um, yeah, the ref, the refing sort of sucked in this match. Uh, like if you're not fit enough to run up and down half of a soccer field for two hours, then kindly remove yourself from the refing pool. Cause if your beer gut is like bumping up and down, come on. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Go ref like ASO, like U10s or something where you can outrun the people on the pitch. That's what it I really do. It really isn't that hard. Oh, Dylan, Dylan. Like, this I guy definitely I... would fail the beep test for sure. I thought we were going to have a season where we could just sort of lay off the refs, but as the season has progressed, no, not this just, week. It not just feels week. like. And I think in both matches, there was some questionable calls. We'll get into it. Let's. uh unless anyone wants to say anything else about this loss and elimination from the U S open cup, we can move on. So anyone have any last thoughts on this match? Good luck to OCFC, I guess. I guess if we want to work out but for us better, if they lose, but drag out the lights to another two hour, you know, yeah, 90 minutes, it. 30 minutes, because we play them like a week and a half later. And if the lights go through, we're going to play them and they're going to be tired. So, so that'll Art, help us in the end of it. I doubt it, but Art, if you're listening to us, tell your players, hey, you know, make that Las Vegas Lights team work. Push them to shoot out, penalty shootout again. Let's, uh, you know, 
Aim high with those tackles. Studs up for life. <laughs> so let's move into Austin Bold, another match that uh, ends up being a disappointing match for Orange County Soccer Club and its fans. Uh, you know, we, we give up a goal early, a fight back to get a goal, and like 30 seconds later, Austin scores again. I don't think it's literally 30 seconds, but that's what it felt like. Uh, and then Orange County was able to equalize later on in the match, but I, I think in the end, another frustrating result for Orange County. Yes, it's not a loss, but three points always feels better than one point, especially when you're at home, uh, especially when, again, you're coming off a, a disappointing U.S. Open Cup loss uh, that was frustrating because of the type of play and because of what you saw from the referees out there. And, and the refs didn't give Orange County any love in this match as well, at least especially in that second goal uh, that pretty much uh, I forget who it was. Uh, if it was Andre Leonardo. Yeah, but who was it on the defender for Orange County that basically just got sort of shoved out of the way? Uh, was literally got shoved to the ground. He did. Everyone and, and, on the field is doing the shoving motion, and the ref's like, nah, that's cool. I just watched it happen. And, and here's what I'll say is, is I probably had the absolute best seat in the house for that because I was actually right in that area. I actually had gotten sort of close to the goal area when that happened. And I, I mean, you could see the two-hand shove from the Austin Bold player. Could see Another, it on ESPN+. Plus. They yeah, can see it. They but even there's, said there's no VAR, so it doesn't ground. matter what ESPN sees. It, I mean, again, it's just it's frustrating. I mean, you could tell Leonardo was frustrated after that. He was, uh, I mean, for his credit, he wasn't like up in the ref's face, like ready to get carded. But you could tell he was letting the ref know, hey, no, nah, that shouldn't have been a goal. Uh, Aaron was like that. Kevin was like that. Basically, everyone on the field was going, "How was that not a shove?" Like you watched. This guy and the AR put his hands up, and then shove someone to the ground, and then put his hands down. So when yeah. the hands go up and someone goes down in front of that player, you should instinctively probably just blow the whistle because willing to bet a hundred percent of the time or ninety nine percent of the time, that guy's going to shove the person in front of him. We see it constantly. You see attackers bait defenders into doing it all the time, but this guy just lets it go. Like he sees it, the AR is in line with it to see it. Just keeps his flag down. They don't do anything. I don't well, understand it, how you miss that and you consider yourself a professional ref. And the, the frustrating part about it is it's not that like Leonardo's a small guy that goes down easily. He's a bigger, you know, middle defender. He's not going to go to the ground that easily in that situation when you're like, what, four feet or five feet outside of, of the goal line. I mean, he's not that type of player. It's not like he's Drogba for Phoenix last season going down on every opportunity. Um, or Solomon yeah. Asante? Solomon Asante. Well, but with, at least with Solomon Asante, he's a tiny guy. So you can sort of understand that gamesmanship on that. I mean, he's a tiny guy. Yeah, he's not going to be able to go shoulder for shoulder against a bigger defender. But Leonardo, Leonardo is, is a good three is inches solid, taller than Andre Lima. He's a solid veteran. He's he's not like a 21-year-old slim defender, too. He's a veteran defender. He does not go down easily. He He, he wasn't like trying to go down there he got shoved to the ground which really sucks in that and ultimately in the end yeah orange county had opportunities uh but it's one of those things it's it's that type of play that can deflate a team uh when they're in the thick of things against another team and it's not like this is a tacoma where it's sort of a walk in the park it's it's a decent squad with some decent players and uh, once again the referees uh come and bite orange county in the in the behind and 
uh, one point feels like a loss in this uh, in this situation, right, Alan? Yeah, I was. It was a tough one. I think that the second goal was just kind of a heartbreaker. You claw. I mean, you fight your way back. Orange County started out pretty decent, uh, but there was a moment in there where just Austin just felt like they had the total momentum, and you finally feel like you get it back. And then, yeah, it was like 30 seconds. Less than a minute later, you get this terrible, even if it's, even if you take out the push, it's contact from behind that keeps him from making a play on the ball. And anywhere else in the field, it's a foul. But apparently when the ball's bouncing awkwardly uh, between Cervantes and Leonardo and Andre Lima and it bounces into the goal, it's fine. It's like, ah, whatever. It's a goal. We'll call it a goal. Um, Second half was equally frustrating, but for different reasons. Um, The Aiden Quinn goal was fantastic. It's up for goal of the week this week. And there's a couple of just just near misses. The Michael Seaton header just wide was like tantalizingly close. And I think that just that shot encapsulates kind of how Orange County has been feeling this week. Just good enough to probably get the wins, but just a touch wide, just a touch, not enough. You know, those balls that could have gone half an inch wider the other way and deflected off the defender in instead of cleared off the line. I mean, there's just time after time, just not quite good enough. And that's why we end up with overtime and a draw. So I'll say this. um, I did my best to try and distract Diego Restropo in this match. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I, I called Dylan like right after halftime, right when it was coming you out called me like three times, man, I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to chant and you keep calling. So I got to stop and like try in here. You could have, you could have, you could have ignored it. You could have hit decline or whatever. And then, uh, no. what? then what are you going to do? Uh, I would have just said whatever. Uh, so I had a bunch of kids from my, my, Sun soccer team we we did a family night out at the game and we were sitting out in the bleachers this is you know one of those rare opportunities where i'm not sitting with county line coalition uh but i had a group of i want to say eight young boys uh sit right there behind the goal where restrepo was at just trying to like heckle him the whole game uh chanting his name all like sort of like if anyone remembers way back in the days with baseball like the daryl strawberry chants that people would do where they would just say daryl to try and get on his nerves i I was i was having the boys do that they were doing that and i told them hey if he ever looks your way you know do a thumbs down or whatever you could do to get to you know get uh in his head And, and then the funny thing is there was this like group of like eight girls that were slightly older than the boys that were there. I don't know. They were there with their family or friends or soccer team or whatever it was. And they like started looking at me like, what, what should we say? I just said, just get on that guy's nerve. Just annoy that goalkeeper. Unfortunately it didn't work. I tried my hardest with that. Uh, Cause if anyone knows there were issues with Diego last season at our uh, soccer field. Uh, so I was hoping to sort of recreate that and get under his head, but he, he actually played it cool this time. Maybe he expected it. I don't know. Um, any other thoughts on this match? Go for it, Dylan. Yeah, you can see the frustration on the players when a goal like that goes in. I'm obviously talking about the equalizer for Austin. And you just, you try and you try and you try and you get a good result and you find the score. And then the very next play is your team getting screwed by the the officials, officiating crew. What is this? Same thing. 
same thing. But the officials for like the I don't know millionth time that week, and at that point you're just what 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 can you do at that point? There's nothing like you try as hard as you can, and they, I'll give them credit. They did try. I mean that Seton header they they attacked. They kept attacking. They kept attacking. Nothing went in. But like the mentality of having to overcome, great. We've just conceded immediately after scoring, and then, oh good. Not only that's happened, but the refs aren't looking out for us because that goal should have been disallowed, and everyone else in the stadium seemed to know it except for the refs. So, it's super frustrating to draw from a goal that shouldn't have happened or shouldn't have counted. But it's also frustrating to like watch the team kind of crumble a little bit as the frustration grows um, and, and they just keep getting screwed over. I mean, we watched Darwin Jones get shoved over by one of the defenders from Austin and he kind of just sat there and looked at the ref and like shrugged. Like the run of play is still happening. He's obviously not going to call things because he hasn't called things for the last 80 minutes. Like you got to get up <laughs> and keep going and get on with it. And <sighs> it's just so stupid at this point. It's the back to back. Like the poor refereeing and watching the team shut down is really demoralizing. And I'm only, I'm sure it's so much worse when you're one of the players and the second time is actually a game that you probably care about and matters. And that's what happens. I wonder but, if, I wonder if the first goal that got brought back was like, well, we can't bring two back. I mean, two and one half, that's a little bit ridiculous, but it's weird that they. And it's it's interesting that they catch a offside where it either is impeding Aaron Cervantes's view of the ball, or it actually glances off of one of the um, bold players. I think that's it was Callum Malice, and I think so. He were calling him that it deflected slightly off his arm. It's like so you can see a ball slightly deflect off of the player's arm. Where I had to literally, I literally had to watch it back on my computer. I'm like. For the same reason, like, why is this offside? Is it because this? Is it because that? And they can, can see that, but they can't see a shove in the box. It just is baffling. It's like, one is way harder to see, but you saw it. The other was pretty obvious. Like, you know, maybe not Ray Charles could have seen it, but we're getting pretty close. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, mostly Orange County severely underperformed there yeah they should have won that match handily um fatigue maybe played a part in it i i could probably say that probably really did big shift. but i mean if we were, we've played 11 matches um we've got five draws this is a team that was built to probably win the usl um a couple of us happen. it could still happen a couple of us thought that was going to happen the beginning of the season, it could still happen, Dylan. And uh, that's not gonna, not gonna happen if we keep drawing at home, like what Alan just said. Yeah, sure, you win home, draw away to a good team, that's fine. But you draw at home to a crappy team, and then you lose away to crappy teams, or you draw away to crappy teams, and you stop scoring despite having all of these players that are supposed to be really good at scoring, including some winger that is probably the most naturally talented player on the team but can't seem to pass more than two out of three chances it's just embarrassing and it's sad so now that i'm on this um i think it's (laughs) fair to criticize some players 
11 matches into the season because Ooh, the chemistry should be there by this point in the season. And it's not for whatever reason. So if I'm going to call it one player for underperforming the season, it should be our what's becoming anemic attack as Harry Forster has underperformed. Um, so to preface this, Orange County's average pass success rate, 77.6%. So this, I shouldn't have to explain this. Basically, every three out of four passes that Orange County tries is successful. Granted, there's a lot of short passes in there, but those matter. But the 11 matches, Harry Forrester is always beneath that. I mean, he'll average maybe 30 passes a game. I think it's around there. And he'll usually get two-thirds off. And his his shooting has been terrible. He's got a 5.3% conversion rate in all of his matches. His passing in the opposition half, which is a winger, should be the most important part of his game. 56.2% which is the worst of every midfield player on this team. Um, so, yeah, he's underperforming. He's probably the most naturally talented player, but I remember when we signed him and I said, oh, it seems like um, none of the Rangers people were too pleased. He had a very underwhelming time in Iran, but I'm willing to write off those four matches because it's a different country. It's way different than England or Scotland. I don't know what it is now. He's obviously one of the better talented players in the league, and he's just not there he's not a part of the team he tries runs and then gets shut down he doesn't pass very much when he does seem to pass he's not nearly as successful as everyone else and then like i said his shooting is is poor and usually what he tries to do is he'll have a shot on and then he'll go let me take another touch let me take another touch let me take another touch by the point he's dribbled from basically one end of the box to the other and there's three people closing him down so he just blasts it into one of their shins and we lose possession. It's super frustrating. And I think we've said multiple times on this podcast, I want, like, we know he's better than this and that he's forcing it. He's trying to force it, but he's not playing with the team at this point. So I don't understand why he continues to start. Like, if he's not playing on the team when everyone else is playing in the team, then what do we get? Like, Jerry Von Wolfgang had a great game this past weekend. Both assists, played for the team. Cloutier said... You know, that's the kind of player he is. Like, he'll give him a direction, and he'll go and follow it, and his work rate off the ball is incredible. His passing is pretty comparable to Harry Forster's, but he'll put runs into the box. He'll try and beat his man every once in a while, and it, it works out. But he'll play with Aiden Quinn. He'll play with Mike Seaton. He'll play with Darwin Jones. That's what works well. Someone remarked to me on Saturday, Darwin Jones, like, it's crazy how good Darwin looks compared to everyone else on the field. And it's because... Darwin, unlike everyone else, apparently, if you're a winger, will play off of Aiden and will play off of Mike. He works really well with those three, and that's where his success comes from. It's because that opens up space and that tears apart defenses. But instead we get two out of three passes working out, and it's just, oh, man. I seriously opened up all 11 matches to look at his stats, and he is consistently below the average amount of passing of the entire team. I think the closest he ever got was against El Paso. No, no, that's an entire lie. I was looking at Charlie <laughs> Adams. That was not nearly the close closest that he got. I think the closest might have been New Mexico. But he's just he underperforms regularly. I don't get why if he's not gonna play as a part of the team, why he continues to start almost every week. But uh he's one yellow away from a one match suspension, so I'm sure we'll get someone else in there at some point. 
Oh man, so I'm never going to interview him. Is basically the uh, basically the what you just did to yourself. There you go. Right. I've got to um, close like 12 tabs, but everyone that said that he was going to prove me wrong quickly <laughs> is it's yet to happen, and I just I don't see it happening. So I'm confused and wondering when it is at this point. He's the only person who hasn't seemed to figure out how the offense works. Anything to add to that, Alan? Uh, no. I'm going to get <laughs> censured by the club for this, but I just want to get that off my chest because it's he's better than that. We're better than that. We're better than this, and that's Are we? the most. I, I feel like the scene in Old School where he's like, uh, no, that was, that was perfect. We have nothing to add. <laughs> He's just like the representation of our offense underperforming. And people like the USL is like, oh, Mike Seaton's really got to work on on playing better and like really getting some goals in there. Well, well, if you don't pass to Mike, he can't do anything. Because if he's getting the ball and he's 25 yards out from goal, what is he supposed to do at that point? Like try on a heroic shot from 30 yards out and just blast it in the shins of someone? I'm so cynical. Yeah. I'm so sorry, everyone. But seriously, what do you expect to happen in these situations? Yeah. Oh, God. So while you're talking, Dylan, I forgot this whole time we're talking about bold. I have, you know, the match highlights to throw on here while we're talking. Yeah, so now I want to go off on Aaron for parrying a ball away straight in front of him instead of like <laughs> either punching that thing to the corner flag or just catching it, which is an issue. Yeah. And it's been an issue the last couple of weeks. But that that's part of the inexperience thing. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you on that. Maybe uh, McLean will play. I don't know what hopefully. he's been up with him the last two weeks. I mean, the, the San Antonio a... injury. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with that. So. Yeah, we had a similar issue with Andre Rawls last year, and Andre missed about a month from what I remember. I guess it was a little bit less than a month, but you know, he came back, he had his his bad matching goal, and then was pretty lights out the rest of the year. But it doesn't seem like we're going to get that. I mean, I don't know the fitness is there. If it's an injury thing, it's the same injury thing that plagued him when he was in the MLS, or in the MLS. Yeah, that's it's, second, it's that's one of those years. Ball. That second goal from Austin, I'm just looking at on the replays. It's like literally like 40 seconds later, which sucks. Yeah. And if um, like realistically, like Ray, you say we have a chance of winning the USL, and I I don't know yes. if we do at this point. Yes, we I do. think realistically we should be shooting for the tenth a home seed and, knock, and, and then no, knock no, no, out, no, 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 and then knock the out the first seed. A playoff home game is what we should be shooting for. I'll take it. Um, any last thoughts on this match, either from Alan or Dylan? No. Do we want to subscribe from this year? I'm over it, but I'm Do all aboard wanna... this Aiden Quinn, Darwin <laughs> Jones hype train. Do we want to pick a, a man of the match, or do we just want to skip it on this one? Wolfgang? Um, I know he gets the two assists, but I got to give it to Aiden Quinn still. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, he's played a lot further back since Christian Duke has gone out for the injury all season long. And I don't think he's as effective back there. I don't like how our offense is without him, like up on the edge of the box regularly. But God, he is still so freaking good. He's still so much better than basically everyone else on the pitch. It's so evident. And he's still pulling strings from that far back. So, yeah, I mean, he put in another awesome clinic and another awesome shift this week and it's well deserved i think logan yeah. agrees with me <laughs> thanks Aiden quinn was was his man of the match as well i think it was the usl's pick for man of the match but no Probably. disrespect to jerry he had a crazy good game two assists is always something 
to be proud of. And I hope we see more of it because you know, he's going to be the winger that I look to him and Darwin Jones. Yeah. I think it was just one of those moments where you know how good Aiden Quinn is. Uh, I think you're kind of waiting for Van Wolfgang to find where his niche was kind of figure out where he is in the team. And I think we saw for me, I saw a bunch of glimpses of that uh, on Saturday night. And that's what like really, you notice Aiden Quinn, but I kept noticing the things that Van Wolfgang was doing off the ball, on the ball, uh, the runs that he was making, putting pressure on the back line. Um, he just stood out to me more than he normally would. And that's why my eyes tended to go toward uh, him. Uh, very, very friendly, but declined interviews after the game. Uh, you know, Yes. I feel bad for Darwin. I interviewed yeah. him and he didn't want to. And so I don't think I'll ever ask him for another interview unless he scores a hat trick. Right. Or they win. Yeah, the no, I, I have to agree. Like that was definitely Jerry's best game of the year. It was. It was definitely. And I think I mean we saw this a couple of years ago. Like once he's in a good good run of form and like that was his place and like what's asked of him and he gets comfortable with that. And like everyone else around him knows what to expect. Like that's when his success comes. So sure, let's say it took him 10 games to get that. But if that's when it clicks, that's when it clicks. And we've got a really big run of games this summer and especially the next five, six weeks that is probably going to be what sets us up for the rest of the year. So if he's in good form now, then I'll be, I'll be happy. And, and hopefully more players start clicking as we go here on the, over these next few matches a uh, quick want to give a shout out for anyone watching on the youtube live stream we were just showing some highlights from the match also some photos from the match the highlights courtesy of usl championship productions uh, and the photos courtesy of orange county soccer club and uh, uh lisa rosales over there who takes all the pictures uh for the club um let's do this let's move on then let's uh briefly talk about los dos and what basically is the easiest away game for orange county fans to attend uh, that is coming up this weekend. Orange County is traveling up to Carson to face Los Dos. Los Dos has more wins on the season than Orange County, which is uh, disappointing to say that as I say that. But uh, let's let's just, I guess, spend brief time on this because I, I don't know much about Los Dos. I don't know, Dylan Allen, if you guys consider yourselves pretty knowledgeable on Los Dos. Uh, but, and there's rarely someone you can find that's pretty knowledgeable on Los Dos. What are your thoughts heading into this match? Uh, is this a, one of those matches that Orange County needs to take advantage of to sort of turn things around off this uh, these disappointing matches that we've had recently? Absolutely. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, it is the easiest away match for us to get to. It's 30 miles away. I don't think it's even that far. It's in Carson. It's not actually in Los Angeles, so it's not 30 miles. Um, that was a very subtle sly dig there. But... Yeah, Los Dos is kind of crazy. Last year, they were just bad. And like on their best day, they'd be okay. This year, it seems like on their best day, they'll be good. Um, but their goal difference is still negative 6 in 11 matches. So, I mean, yeah, we're underperforming. Um, our goal difference is still 2. So, Los Dos actually have the third worst goal difference in the Western Conference, which is uh, only better than Colorado Springs and... Sounders, too, who have a negative 26 goal difference after their draw with Reno this past week. So they are not the best team. Um, sure, they've got four wins. I wonder what that feels like, and hopefully we find out on Saturday. 
but they look more a team where they are more likely to lose than they are to draw if they're not going to win. Um, and playing at home seems to not make a big difference for them because, you know, 200 people show up to one of those games. They really, they don't cheer. There's no noise. It really doesn't matter where you play. And so sometimes they get lucky. They're able to put out a strong side depending on who the galaxy wants um, or who's fit that week. And, you know, they come up against a bad side or a side that doesn't take them seriously. And then they play a new system and no one knows what's going on um, on the defense and they score a couple goals and they win. But it's been a, it's been a rough season for them. Like it usually is. They drew two, two with the Toros. And then a few weeks back from that, they drew four, four with the Toros. Um, and no one played defense in that match. And the Toros finished it with 10 men. They drew nil-nil with the lights. They barely beat out the bold. They got blown out by Fresno. It's it's a mixed bag, but they haven't played too well recently. That's basically what I'm going to give it to them. Beating the bold is not that impressive, especially when you're a bunch of 16-year-olds outrunning a bunch of fat 30-something guys. So, you know, it should be a win. What I'm <laughs> saying is it should be an Orange County win. Alan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would have to echo a lot of the same sentiment. I mean, they can score goals, uh, 3-2 to T2, 4-2 to uh, on top of Tulsa, but those were back in March and April. They can also, like, not score goals. They've scored one in their last three, and those were all home matches against, you know, LV, Austin, and Fresno. Um, who knows? It's a young team. So, uh, you know, we knew, know how well we did against the Orange County of the other teams. Uh, <laughs> you just, you might run into, you know, a young squad that just wants to play that day, or you might run into a young squad that has a little bit of a tough time and you put a couple goals in and, you know, walk out of there with three points. Jekyll and, and Hyde. <laughs> I know, Dylan, you're West- planning on heading out to the match, right? So... Um, hopefully just I, another home game as, as far as I'm concerned. And I think cause last year I, I went up there with you guys and, and we sat up like at the upper corner of the bleachers. It seems like this year they're going to sit uh, Caroline coalition on the opposite side of the field on those bleachers on the other side of the high school track field there. Um, so oh, I wonder how room? that, uh, that's what I believe uh, Blaine posted on the Facebook page for Caroline coalition. They're going to be sitting on the opposite end bleachers which I guess maybe is pretty cool. I, I think kind that's them. Well, no, but I think for what that means is for the TV broadcast, I think that's the direction the camera points. So it'll be cool to see for the LA Galaxy 2 home match, it's going to be basically Orange County uh, SC fans out there on that other those other bleachers uh, getting the camera time, uh, which is pretty cool. They did that to uh, us a couple of years ago when we played them in 2017, and they put us in the corner so that we couldn't actually see anything, which was very frustrating. So... Hopefully they Hopefully don't do that happening. again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Last year there were a bunch of random people that were very unhappy by the fact that we were seeing we were up in that the corner. whole ninety minutes. And there was that one guy. I, I don't know if you remember, Dylan. There was the one guy. Oh, that I remember was, like, that guy because he, like he wanted to punch me in the face, and I was like, <laughs> he would. He was keep looking back at us the whole match, and it, I thought it was funny. Um, if anyone wants to go back to one of our very first episodes, because I actually captured some of the audio. Uh, I forget exactly what the LA fans were trying to chant, but it was a generic LA fan type chant. Uh, and, you know, and then it was Orange County fans doing 
what is it the I forgot you were here chant or whatever it was. It was pretty. It was actually pretty hilarious. It's a good um, time. Yes, it was, that was fun. One of it our was first episodes, if not my that, first episode with you. That may have it been. Was, that oh, was great. My, another name to mispronounce. Yes, you remember the name of the episode because I that was uh, might Yosh, have been episode point four. Yosh Hoyvel's, uh first match with the club and. Uh, it was my first match where I actually got to interview some players after the match and talk to some players. It was it's awesome. We man, we've grown up since then. It feels like such a long time ago, uh, and now we have a third person on here with us that helps yeah, us out I was on the probably podcast. With Alan. This nostalgia trip. <laughs> you could see it in his face with his you know, hand on his cheek, like oh. he's like, oh man, I need some coffee. I, why did I join these two? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for good things in this. I'm hoping, uh, last time we traveled out there, I believe was a victory for us. So I'm hoping it's a victory for us again. Yeah. Yeah, So it's, it's in, although we haven't lost in the last four matches in the USL championship, it's, it feels like we have. And so, uh, three points in Carson would be amazing for this club, uh, this weekend. So it's a bit necessary. Do you, would you agree, Alan? Yeah. Everything is so tight in the West. Um, and one win at this point of the season, you know, moves you up and down so much. And when you can get three points, you need to get three points. Yes. And for those of you that are traveling out, uh, if you're going to sit with the Caroline Coalition, uh, make sure you go jump on, coordinate with uh, Caroline Coalition as far as uh, getting in with any kind of flags or banners. Because I think from what I read on social media, they are allowing about five to 10 flags, a drum and a banner. But I believe all of it has to come in at the same time. So you guys sort of have to march uh, into the stadium yeah, together. We're which a big security really cool. threat. They uh, they always yeah. take that really seriously. Because like, we, lo- we really? love to go destroy landfills, you know, so yeah. Hey, hey. That's a good one, Ray. Look at him. Yeah. He's even getting into yeah. the spirit. We are I'm into the spirit. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it out there, but I will be definitely Plastic. cheering. It, it's... I'm kidding, Ray. You host Tam I'll... podcast for the club. You're not a plastic. <laughs> I'll let you guys know at the end here because I'm I may be asking some of you guys if you guys aren't busy before heading out to Carson to to come out and do some other supporting of another soccer team. Um, let's do this. Any other last thoughts about LA before we move on to the fantasy draft for a good cause? Yeah, they're a landfill. Well, LA is a terrible oh, city. What is it? Uh, how does it go, Dylan? Uh, we'll see as our home. We'll see our home. We'll see as our we'll home. See as our home. LA, LA is a landfill. landfill. We're all where all the trash, trash goes. Where all the trash goes. They should have been I, I the like team, that. and I think we talked about this when New Mexico had the ads with their team on the trash trucks. That it should have been Los Dos that did yes. that. Yes, yes, yes. But yes here yes, we yes. are. It's come full circle. They're trash. <laughs> and I think even Alan can agree with that. Coming from San Diego, I, I think San Diego people hate LA too. You know, with the whole Padre Dodger stuff. Even though the Padres never are never. That uh, good. We just dislike LA on principle. The Dodger Padre thing is a manifestation of that. Uh, it's just our default setting is LA is terrible. So if you're born in San Diego, you just default to hating LA. I think it just comes with it. I think some people grow into a love of LA, but I mean, I think that's kind of a, uh, it's just contagious. It's like a disease that gets spread. You spend enough time in LA, you catch it. You're like, oh, it's fine. But no. And I think I think a lot of Orange County people would prefer would rather go to San Diego than go to LA any day of the week. I know I would. Um, I think Dylan. I might did. So I will do that on Friday. Yeah. Well, Dylan rode like a bike down to San Diego at one point and was like ready to die off of it. But what? 
I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> did I forget some part of my life or something? Probably. Yeah, I made something up. We're the part of the pod, we're the we're the part of the podcast where we just make up stories about each other that aren't true. Yes, that, that's how it works, man. Just All right, one let's time, get into Ray went to the gym and got really jacked, and then his Whoa. jersey short uh, sleeves just blew out because of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> let's get into this fantasy draft thing. So what we're doing for playing for pride uh, for those of you that uh, were with us when we first started, we uh, sort of started a podcast and all of a sudden playing for pride. I didn't really quite know much about it, but I'm like, yep, it's a good cause. Let's jump into it. Uh, praying, playing for pride. Uh, Dylan, I don't know if maybe, you know, a little bit more or, or, or better or Alan, if you want to, you know, sort of let everyone know what playing for pride is all about. Yeah, so um, Austin Deleuze is a player for North Carolina. And uh, a couple years ago, they passed uh, the bathroom bill in North Carolina. Um, I don't remember the specifics of the bill, but it's basically uh, you have to use the bathroom of your uh, gender assigned at birth or something like that. And Austin was uh, was moved to try to do something for uh, the GLBT community. Um, and he started this playing for pride idea to get people to get players, uh, to donate for goals or clean sheets or whatever they felt like donating, uh, and throw their name out there saying that we'd play for pride for the month of June, which is pride month, uh, in, uh, soccer, American soccer. Um, and I forget the charity is first year, but I think last year and this year he's doing, um, athlete ally which does a lot of work around uh, the GLBT community, specifically with sports, because uh, yeah. there is kind of a, um, a some culture of non-acceptance. Uh, manly man. I think yeah, you can say that. Man. Yeah, there you go. Sports are generally homophobic, um, although they like wearing lots of tight clothes. And anyway, um, <laughs> it's don't and shame smack me, Alan. Other, <laughs> and smacking each other on, on the behind and in some sports and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And most sports are, I mean, some sports are obviously more accepting than others currently. Um, usually more of the female sports, uh, they tend to be more accepting, although not 100%. There's still some issues, but uh, the female, uh, the women's sports are definitely leading the way in that area. And Austin is just trying to bring awareness and raise some money for um, Athlete Ally. So ultimately what it is, is a bunch of soccer athletes in all different types of leagues in the U.S., MLS, USL, uh, the Women's League, uh, you know, they, they basically pledge, like Alan said, goals or whatever. And it's sort of, they sort of make their own thing. They choose what they want to do for the donations. I think last year, I can't remember exactly what we did, but we did something like for every goal that Orange County scored in the month of June. Uh, we decided to donate a certain amount. And I think it ended up being about 40 something dollars, which again, last June, we had just started this podcast. Uh, even up to this point, we don't really make money on the podcast. So anything we donate off of this is out of, you know, our pockets uh, podcast wise. So it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. Let's throw it out there. Let's do a, do something to, to help a cause. And, and I think this is a really big thing that's, you know, soccer related and all that stuff. And I know a lot of podcasts jump onto this, uh, so we've decided to sort of up our game. We're still going to do something with uh, with the club as far as just as the podcast goes, a per goal and and maybe a per clean sheet type thing for the month of June. But I propose also to Dylan Allen for this, maybe doing something a little bit more just sort of 
a side personal thing on this where we'll do the donation for the podcast and then maybe we'll do an individual donation. And so what I came up with is let's do a fantasy league for the month of June. We'll just put some random points to some random things and we'll do a six round draft. So each of us are going to pick six players uh, to be on our team and we're going to go off those stats. And it's basically these, these, these players or these things have to happen while a player is with Orange County soccer club. So just to give a quick rundown of how this will work is we're going to do a draft, a snake draft back and forth. Um, and whatever players we pick, they'll get points. And at the end of June, however many points we get, and the points will go sort of like this. So for every goal, uh, we'll, you'll get two points for every assist. You get three points for every shot on target. You'll get one point. So ultimately a goal is worth three points because that counts as a shot on target uh, for any appearance a player makes for orange County. Uh, they get, you get a point for any start. It's two points for a save from a goalie is, is one point, a clean sheet for goalies worth five points. If any player gets a yellow card, it takes away a point. If they get a red card, it takes away three points. If they score an own goal, it'll take away five points. Uh, and if there's a hat trick on top of what you get for the three goals, you'll also get a bonus of two points. And I don't know who added this to our score sheet, but someone did. If any player's Twitter account gets hacked. Oh, it was the, uh, I think it was the club's Twitter. Alan can chime in because I think this was his idea. Well, if it's the club, I mean, no one's going to pick the club. It has to be a player, right, Alan? I mean, we could modify it to player. I just wanted to throw it in there as a reference. He was any, just sort of making fun any of. Any Twitter um, hack. Yeah. Any, any Twitter hack. Well, but if it's a club, none of us are going to pick the club as our player for our team. So really, ultimately, will come down to any player. I guess unless basically. That's what's at the end. Just huh? the first, that's, what, that's what the note's there for. So basically, I'm going to say this. First, any first player or the club gets their Twitter hacked. The first one of us three that tweet about it oh, gets 69 that's points for that. So right. Nice. Right. So that should be a guaranteed one. <laughs> right. So if anyone, if, if, if any club or player gets hacked, whichever of us jumps on and, and mentions it in a tweet first gets that 69 point bonus. So, yeah. So like Dylan said, pretty much an obvious win unless one of us picks like the the amazing goalie of the month that gets all clean sheets and has like 30 saves a match then that my first pick is going to be carlos lopez what (laughs) you said the thing that i typed (laughs) but i would never publish that because he's one of our players and i feel like he maybe got the short end of the stick so here's how (laughs) you should give him some respect he might play soon Again, each of us is going to pick six players. Uh, we're going to do a draft. It's going to be in snake order. So whoever goes first in the first round will go last in the second round and vice versa. So that's how we're going to go ahead and do this. Uh, we did a random pick on the order on this. It was actually basically I just said first name alphabetical. We'll go that way. It's just simple, easy. Um, no arguments. So that means Alan gets to go first and he gets to pick first. And I can see he's like looking at his computer, looking at stats, trying to figure out who he wants to pick um, on it. I'm Are you looking, looking at you're looking at our looking website? At- I'm just looking at who's on the lineup. That's what I'm doing. You're looking at our website. Oh, yeah, and, of course. that's what I'm doing. You're stealing this from me. <laughs> Why wouldn't I look at our website? Yes. And and to throw it out there, the, the, the stats have to happen while the player is at Orange County. So if someone wanted to choose like Frankie Amaya while he's with FC Cincinnati, anything he does at FC Cincinnati wouldn't count. If he somehow makes his way back to Orange County in the map, that is a smart choice apparently. Uh, so if, if any of us think or have heard rumors about someone maybe joining Orange County and like the sixth round want to go that route, 
or if we're just too scared to pick any of the players that are actually on the roster, thinking that they might get a red card or an own goal or something like that, then that might be uh, coming into play there too. So, Alan, you are on the board. Who is your first pick? Michael Seaton. <laughs> you didn't even have to think about it, huh? It's like that yeah. whole like, okay. Okay, so Michael, uh, and I'm trying to write this down so that we remember it. All right, Dylan, you're next. Aiden Quinn. Man, you guys are taking... Yeah, what am I going to pick? Who who do you think I'm going to pick here? Here, I Kevin Coleman. You get my first nod since you haven't played a competitive minute. For Take him. Minute. Take Kevin Have Coleman. Have at it. Take Kevin Coleman. Um, damn. You know, if if we weren't having entry problems with goalkeepers, that would be a nice pick to pick up. But I don't know who's going to be playing in the month of June. Uh, who do I pick, man? I wasn't ready for this, and I'm the one that sort of put this together. God. Gosh, gosh. I'm going to have to go with Darwin Jones. And, and so then, you pick again. And then I get to pick again, yes. And I'm going to go. I feel like he had a breakout here recently, so I'm going to go with Jerry Von Wolfgang. Um, All right, Dylan, you're next. Contour. Don't worry, I'll type it in there for you. I got it in there. You're not on this. That's what oh, do you have something on our other on our other spreadsheet? Oh, I see what um, you got. Okay. I, I created another spreadsheet with like the, the names and stuff like that. So you don't have to oh. keep typing it, Dylan. Okay. All right. Uh Alan, you get back to back picks. I know, right? It's starting to get hard uh, now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hate myself. <laughs> this is the worst episode of the podcast ever. All I've done is trash talk our players and make that's what she said jokes for like an hour. And now you're going to end up having to draft Harry Forrester in the sixth round. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go uh, Vinicius. All right, hold on. I got to write that down so we don't forget. All right, and your other pick. Ah, I wish I knew who was going to be healthy. I know because that that clean sheet for a goalkeeper is is a gold mine if they can get a couple of them. Um, poop, poopy 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 pants. While <laughs> while Alan thinks of this, have you ever realized like how we're gonna alienate the players that we're picking in the sixth round, with the exception <laughs> of Christian Duke? <laughs> or Koji uh, Hashimoto, who hasn't played in a while. Oh man! I'm Remember, go... you can pick a random player if you think they're gonna join the team at some point in June. Yeah, Alisson's gonna be our emergency goalkeeper. <laughs> no. Harry Kane will be the striker. I'm gonna. We should have go done a time limit with... for this, man. I'll get a face tattoo of the club's logo if Harry Kane to... and Allison join the team <laughs> in the month of June. You're so I'm gonna great. take. I'm gonna take a chance on Aaron Cervantes here. Ooh! Dang the it! Keeper is gone. Now oh. it's going to make people want to pick a goalkeeper. God. want those points. <laughs> what do you got, Dylan? Uh, Walker Hume. Ooh, you took my guy. All right, I'm going to do... Uh, That's what she said? Yeah, I'm going to jump on Kevin Alston. <laughs> Alan's like <laughs> phrasing. Designed look over. <laughs> and uh, Patrick McLean. All right. <laughs> Smart. Um, we, we should have made it where everyone has to take a goalkeeper. But we didn't. <laughs> I guess I still technically have to. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to. Liam Trotter goalkeeper. is my is my what third round pick, fourth round pick. All right, Alan, fourth. you get back to backs on your fourth round and fifth round. Oh, I'm going 
gonna go. I'm gonna go with Leonardo. Not Michelangelo, huh? Wow. This really is just the worst <laughs> podcast we've ever had. <laughs> no, this, fun. this is fun. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do uh, Chrysostomo. Ah, oh, darn you! That's like an easy like point for every match, at least. Oh, okay. Chrysostomo. All right, Chrysostomo. Dylan. Who's your Who's your fifth round pick? Ah, oh, man. Um, or, or, or as I think it was the San Antonio announcer, Crisis Domo. Who knows? Honestly, yeah, they were they were saying that the whole match. This is, uh, so you still got Christian Duke on the on the board. You got Ko- Koji Hashimoto, Carlos Lopez, our wonderful Kevin English Coleman. brethren, Ramos Godoy. Ramos Godoy is Ramos Godoy English? No, Charlie Adams. <laughs> oh. All right, so Charlie. Our Filipino Chaplo. <laughs> when's he joining? <laughs> All right, so I get my fifth round pick and then my final pick of the fun. Dang it. So we didn't really get down to it because, no, okay, never mind. If a player gets like suspended for yellows, they don't automatically get a red, do they? No, but they do serve a suspension, so you miss out on any chance of a start or an appearance. You could tell where I'm sort of leaning on that one, but. Uh... <laughs> Say it louder for the people in the back. Maybe someone didn't understand that one. They didn't. Maybe they forgot from 15 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, let's see. What do I want, man? What do I want? I'm going to pick up uh, Hugo Ariano. I wish I knew who was left at this point. I'm too lazy, like, scrolling back up and down the roster. And looking then at my last left. pick if you pick someone that's already been picked i'll let you know my last pick first round of uh first pick of round number six harry forrester i'm taking a Thanks, chance that he's gonna have a breakout yeah watch him score like 12 goals yes <laughs> I'll take a hat trick like every appearance i, I will like, take it freaking kidding me harry if you by any chance listen to our podcast do that I'm for me kind of sorry I'm trying to get the best out of you Let's put it that <laughs> uh, what do you got, uh, Dylan, for your last pick? Koji Hashimoto. A safe, probably not going to do anything, but. Wow, that's rude. A, a safe pick. I think and he's Alan. coming back into fitness, so that's. I am All right, good. so this is the final pick of our draft. So you're picking the last person to get selected. Anyone else that doesn't get selected, sorry for it. Uh, again, you can I pick someone that recent, isn't on the team. I would look at recent but, subs, and I would go there. My good friend. Hey, don't give him hints, man. It's the no, sixth round, so you're going for points. I, yeah, it's a toss-up. I'm probably going to go with Amico. That's who I would have picked. Yes, Joe Amico. So, just to so sort I of wish collect- I would see more. I gotta say, I've missed yeah, him. you know, I, yeah. I've missed him too. I, my wife, that's his favorite player. His favorite um, player, or her favorite player. Fair enough. Happy Save Pride Month. Yeah. Yeah. So confused. <laughs> that was that wasn't a judgmental. That was a yeah, right. I, I yeah, think right. I've, I think I've met your wife. You have, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. So. yeah, yeah. yeah at, at the podcast at our live at our live episode. Yep. Uh, so, really quick, just to recap: so, Alan's team consists of Michael Seaton, Vinicius, Aaron Cervantes, Leonardo, Chris Estomo, and Joe Amico. I feel like I'm very like I feel like I'm very like Greek tragedy going on here. Vinicius, <laughs> Leonardo, Chrysostomo, and Amico. 
So. <laughs> Dylan's got Aiden Quinn, Awasa Ansu Contour, Walker Hume, Liam Trotter, Charlie Adams, and Koji Hashimoto. You got like a lot of defensive minded players there. Dylan. Actually, I have two Americans in that, in all my picks, which I mean, I, I guess. I guess I have the most Americans, huh? Yeah. Alan's got three. Yeah. You've got. So I've got Darwin Jones, Jerry Von two. Wolfgang, you got four. Kevin Alston, Patrick McLean, Hugo Ariano, and Harry Forrester with my final pick, who's going to surprise everyone. Like Dylan said, score like 12 goals in the month of June, and I will be good to go. Uh, so just to let everyone know uh, what we're going to do on this is the winner or the two losers of this draft will each donate $25 personally to Playing for Pride. The winner gets bragging rights. We'll make up some sort of paper trophy that we can have and they can put on their that's wasteful no, okay then. Down a rainforest for that okay then. ask vinicius about rainforests he's from brazil oh right i'll find some random oh here this will be our we'll recycle we i know the person can, who did the art for that beer an empty can of beechwood coconutter coconut milk stout that'll be the trophy it'll it'll end up smelling like horribleness by the time we get to you this next rinse year, it out. it is what it is. No, you <laughs> got to keep it as is, as is. Um, the, the cow is the crab of the land. Wow. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing for you to do a moo, Dylan, and you don't do it. Well, I'm just saying that the cow is the crab of the land. And for anyone that maybe listened to my podcast recommendation from months ago, that would be true. But and no even one after, listens. And even after all of this, we had people that actually listened to us. Throughout our draft, and even to this point, where we have random move sounds. Because okay, we... no one's ever going to listen to this podcast again. So no, people it's been a people. great ride, everyone. I've really enjoyed the last forty something weeks. So, so our I'm friend missing. Brad uh, Polanski up in Reno asked, "How good is this beer?" He he called like it Reno. a. He said it looks like a Vegas level gimmick. It actually is pretty good. I. I I've always liked darker beers. When I went on my honeymoon to Ireland, I had to go to the Guinness factory. I've been drinking this. It's actually decent. Um, I would probably rate it like an eight out of 10. If you like a five out of seven, which is a perfect score. There you go. So many references to things. No one's going to understand. I'm so sorry, everyone. This is actually how lame I am. The best part of my week is talking about soccer or pop culture references. All right, this is like, like you said, Dylan, this is an extra long episode here. Um, before we get <laughs> great visuals there, Alan, uh, as always, I guess, it, this is like the first time we have Alan full camera on, on an episode, and he's throwing out the visuals there for that. It works, uh, works really well for podcasts. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> uh, random thoughts uh, for soccer related, and then we'll get to our actual random thoughts. Any other soccer related news or anything anyone wants to talk about? Oh man, I thought I had something good other than trash talking Vegas's fans for leaving early when their team well, gets blown out. Think about it. Let me throw this out here. Um, the reason I will not be at the El Lostos Orange County game this Saturday is my son's team is having a playoff tournament on Saturday from about one to about six, six ish, six thirty ish. And then we're probably going to, you know, take him out to dinner to celebrate whatever he he's been out injured for the last Ooh. three weeks. Uh, his on Friday, he goes to the doctor to hopefully get cleared to play in the tournament. We play four games four 20 minute games against the other good teams in our league uh, 
two of the teams have blown us out this year. So I'm, I'm doing my soccer strategy, trying to figure out what we need to do to beat them. Uh, if anyone wants to, before they head out to Carson, come out and support them. I, we would love to have fans. You guys can come out and chant like crazy. Toss an address, man. Yes, I, I will be throwing it out on our Twitter. I'll let everyone know where it is. Our team's colors are orange and black. So you could bring, you could come in your Orange County gear, bring your Orange County, uh, if you have flags or whatever, come out and wave them around and just chant. Let's scare these other teams into into losing, and hopefully my team can win out on this. Uh, if you want to come out and make it, I'll throw the information out on social media. Uh, but hopefully we are able to win. Basically what's happening in this is every team is going to play each other once and then it's going to go, you know, three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a loss. And then if people have, if the top two teams have the same amount of points, there's a bunch of tiebreakers in there. So hopefully it's, it's an awesome thing. So, Hey, if you want to support local soccer, how much more local can you get than youth soccer? Uh, Dylan, did you remember if there was anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I did. I remembered I closed a tab and then saw the playing for pride thing. And I looked at the list of people that are donating to playing for pride in the USL championship. And only one Orange County player is donating playing for pride. That's Aiden Quinn. He did it last year. I think he might've done it two years ago. Yes. Well, not super sure on that one, but I would really like to see more than one person from Orange County donate. Um, Most other teams have two or three North North Carolina's got five so, yeah, you know. Just... So, Alan, you need to call out all the soccer's soccer players uh, and see if any of them want to jump on this. Uh, they are not really playing, I guess, in June. So <laughs> right out. But they could throw uh, uh, just a random donation out there. They could. Uh, <laughs> my random soccer news, uh, Liga MX finals. Thursday is the first leg. Sunday is the second leg. It is Tigres versus the surprising first seed Leon and uh, it should be a pretty exciting uh, couple legs. Tigres lost in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. So I think they're hungry to prove that they're good or at least as good as Monterrey and get a major championship. And Leon is just kind of a fun team to watch. Uh, they're playing with nothing to lose. No one had them pegged as being anything substantial this year and, they, I think we're the last team to lose in the MX this, this season, and it should be a pretty fun two legs Thursday at 6.45 and Sunday at 6.06. So for like the non-Spanish speakers, how do those tra- names, team names translate into English? Uh, Tigres is Tigres, and <laughs> Leon is Leon. They are <laughs> Spanish names. You do not translate them. Uh, are you sure? Because one time I went to the city called San Pedro. <laughs> No, no, people, <laughs> people translate them, but they're not supposed to. Uh, Tigres is uh, Tiger, right? Tigers. Yeah, and the UANL, uh, there's a couple of teams in Liga MX that are uh, tied to universities. So like Lobos Buap is also tied to a university. So you'll see some of that. And then Lobos what? Uh, Lobos Buap, L-O-B-O-S, so like they're wolves. Uh, and then BUAP, B-U-A-P, it's one of the universities. It's not B-U-A-P or BUAP, it's Lobos BUAP. Uh, and then Leon, um, I don't know a whole lot about them. The only thing I do know is that Landon Donovan played for them. Uh, briefly. Very, 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 very briefly. I think he had uh, an appearance, and I think he had um, like maybe maybe a goal. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It was short-lived. He scored a game-winning goal for him. 
See? I Googled so, that. I'm not going to pretend like I knew that off the top of my head. No, I, um, I, Phil, I, take credit for that if you if He you're played eight matches that. for Leon and scored. Man, oh, I'm sorry. Which is, which is about half of the season. And so the game one goal that he scored was, I think, in an exhibition match. So it doesn't count. <laughs> so he did nothing not in Mexico, not is official. what I really mean. Because he scored that goal against the Earthquakes. So, yeah, that was definitely a. Wow. Definitely, definitely. God. All right. Uh, random thought because, man, this is definitely a long episode. Alan, do you have a random thought to share with our listeners? Um, I have three weeks left of my school year. I am literally just surviving. So my only thought is, when can I go to bed and do I have to get up? Uh, but once I'm there, it's fun and it's enjoyable. It's the it's the uh, getting there toward the end. The kids can feel it. The teachers can feel it. Everyone's tired and ready to kind of pack it in. But we got our last concert Thursday. So once it's past Thursday, it's like a big sigh of relief. And then packing up for the rest of the year. What's the big song you guys are playing at the concert? Uh, Africa by Toto. God, I hope you're kidding. Please be kidding. <laughs> Please be kidding. He weaseled no. it. Oh no! Yeah, I let the ch- I let the kids choose their last concert. So they oh, literally yeah, vote the on what they want. And they're and oh, he- they're playing. Uh, we're playing Game of Thrones. We're playing Raiders. Different bands. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Harry Potter, Pirates of the Caribbean, Incredibles, Aladdin. And, I know Jay Z. And for sure, the kids want. I knew it was going to happen at the beginning of the year. They are obsessed with Africa by Toto. So we were playing a fantastic band arrangement of Africa by Toto. <laughs> you got to record it. Boys, man. You got to record it so we can hear it on the podcast. Uh, uh, obviously, we probably can't because of like whatever. Co- the, copyright. Uh, all that fun stuff. I'm still scared. I, I, I'm, I haven't quite gotten the nerve up to play your song yet, Dylan. I might just throw it up on a social media just for you. Really should just do it, man. When you put it on podcast form, though, it can it can cause crazy things. I need to read up and make sure everything's good on it. I'm sure it is. Plus, I don't have it queued up. If Weird Al can do it, then we could do it. Ladies, okay, then let's do this. Come back next episode, ladies and gentlemen, to hear uh, nothing new. You have to be a surprise. Yes. No, I'm I'm not going to say what it is. Just come back if you want to hear Dylan on 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 a recording. No one wants Um, that. <laughs> everyone wants it everyone wants to hear it my hey, by the way dylan my kids listened to it and they were like all like excited to hear it uh dylan what about you random thought which what are you, what are you gonna like poison us with this week wow no respect um uh, thanks to everyone for putting up my ranting about harry forrester and the team underperforming <laughs> um my literature recommendation for this week is william wordsworth Specifically, a couple poems, um, like the grouping titled Lines Composed a Few Miles Above Tintern Abbey. Um, I guess I'll just really recommend one. Wow, great pun, Alan. Um, But it's called On Revisiting the Banks of the Wye During a Tour, July 13th, 1798. Um, It's pretty good. It's it's not the shortest poem in the world by any stretch of the imagination, Um, but it's, it's not like Walt Whitman's sign song of myself so it's not like a multi-week long effort to read it all um you could survive really it's not that difficult and then uh, i learned a couple days ago that former orange county player and captain um alan russell is actually the english national team set piece coach so that's pretty cool 
That's cool to hear. He was he did a thing for England. Did some things for us. He did too. a thing. Played for uh, the Railhawks too. So shout out to <laughs> Brad Polanski. Yeah, and uh, my middle school band will not be playing any music. If I were a middle school band director, I would not let them make decisions because small children should not be allowed to make decisions. And if you're doubting me, I remember being 13 and I'm really glad that the internet really wasn't a thing then. At least get them into good Weezer, like like the the old school Weezer, not like There isn't good Weezer, right? Not true. No, no, Buddy Holly And that's my problem would be a good, that'd be a better song for these kids to play than anything by Weezer. Did you say I'm bad, like by Michael Jackson? No, I like bad, and that's my problem. Really? You've done this again? <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying, Dylan. And we lost Dylan. Did we lose Dylan, or did we lose me? He just muted. He just muted. Okay, he was I got this. mad at himself. And yeah, I like to, I got a problem. <laughs> Hold up. Simmer right. down. Taken long. Oh, you're you're trying Give to do it to it. me now. Make that thing pop like a semi or a nine. Oh, baby, like it like raw. raw with a shimmy, shimmy. Yeah, wow. Uh, I should yes. not say these things on this podcast. <laughs> I might have to throw an explicit uh, content warning on this. Not quite yet, though. Um, my random thought, Dylan, you've inspired me. I want to read poetry on this on our podcast. Apparently, Go on, please. So, um, I have a, a sh- the intro to one of my favorite books of all time. But what I did is I took that intro, I threw it through Google Translate like 20 times, all these different languages to come to this final English version of it. I will read it. You guys tell me if you know what it is, and we'll see if you guys get it. So here it is. Here I am. I am. Here I am. Here I am. I hate it. Here I am. Phone. Flower and hair. I hate it. E. I hate it. Flower and hair. He loves you. Where is this place? I do not want it's good. I do not want, for example, I hate it, flower and hair. I hate it, E. <laughs> do you guys know what that was? Green eggs and ham? Dylan, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I threw it through like 20 rounds of Google Translate, and that's what it came up with. I did even, like, why in- knew it? Because you've mentioned that's like the only thing you know, it's the only piece of literature. <laughs> That apparently you've ever read before. Oh, uh, but I also it's super translate like twenty times Hawaiian, Swahili, Filipino, um, Croatian, so like Russian. I, I did like all these random languages, and that's what I came with. I, I thought it looked, sounded pretty cool. I hate it. <laughs> Flower and hair. <laughs> I will throw those lyrics or those. You've uh, got those a words. podcast title. <laughs> I hate it, Flower and Hair. We do. Great job, Alan. All right, I think that's good uh, for everything. You guys uh, share with our listeners your social media stuff. Go first, Alan. A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Dylan. OCSE underscore Dylan on Twitter and Reddit. And then I'm at DJ Race Moore on Twitter. You can also find the podcast Twitter at OCSE underscore Soccer cast or podcast? I can't remember. I always forget this. Why did I make it? I think so it's cool? soccer cast. I think it is soccer yeah, cast. It is soccer cast. You can also find us on Facebook, Orange or Black Soccer Cast. You can find us on Pin- Pinterest. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, OCSCpodcast.com or Orange or Black Soccer Um Yes. Uh, thanks to BGN.FM for 
you know, letting us be part of your wonderful group. Follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. I think that's good to say that for Dylan and Alan, I am Ray, and this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Goal Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoalpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.